Tonight, unannounced and unprecedented, U.S. President Joe Biden visits the capital of Ukraine. A top-secret trip and a pledge against Putin's war. He's just been playing wrong. Plus, the impact on Ukrainians forced to flee. As a mother, what is your biggest fear right now? Confronting the rising influx at Roxham Road. We simply don't have the capacity. Quebec's plea to send asylum seekers to other provinces. And we're happy to do our part. We just want to know what the long game is. And a family adventure like no other. Feel their memory with as much beautiful thing as we could. An extraordinary vision quest and a race against time. CTV National News with Omar Sachedina. Good evening, everyone. For the first time in modern history, a U.S. leader visited an active war zone without the protection of the U.S. military. A surprise trip months in the making. Air raid sirens wailed as Joe Biden walked with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky in the Ukrainian capital just days before the first anniversary of the Russian invasion. Biden left Kyiv the same way he came in, via a 10-hour train ride to Poland. CTV's chief international correspondent Paul Workman on the historic presidential visit and the new pledge. Joe Biden has been to Ukraine often over the years, but this journey was daring, cloaked in secrecy, and hugely significant. Greeted by Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, and his wife on a palace doorstep. Welcoming their most important wartime visitor yet, who arrived after a 10-hour train ride from the Polish border with air travel no longer possible. A visit timed for the greatest symbolic and moral impact, just days before Ukraine marks a somber one-year anniversary of Russia's brutal invasion. Today we host... President Biden, that is so important signal for us. I thought it was critical that there not be any doubt, none whatsoever, about U.S. support for Ukraine. Zelensky in his usual military fatigues, Biden in the uniform of a president, strolling down Kyiv's alley of bravery to the latest in a collection of plaques honoring leaders and public figures who braved airstrikes to support Ukraine in person. Ladies and gentlemen, their excellence... Biden came with more than just greetings and goodwill, delivering another $500 million in military support to Ukraine. We know that there'll be very difficult days and weeks and years ahead. But Russia's aim was to wipe Ukraine off the map. Putin's war of conquest is failing. More strolling in the sunshine as air raid sirens sounded across Kyiv. Neither leader seemed at all concerned. The White House said it had told Russia of Biden's visit several hours before he arrived. And of the war that has killed and wounded tens of thousands of Ukrainian soldiers and civilians, Biden and Zelensky joined in a solemn wreath-laying ceremony honoring the dead. 
showing a bond of shared resolve and warm friendship before Biden left for his long train ride back to Poland. Ukraine remains under constant threat of attack, but today somehow felt historic and uplifting. Scores of political leaders and movie stars have come to this city, but Joe Biden's visit has topped them all, Omar. All right, Paul, thank you. And as Paul mentioned, Joe Biden is now in Poland, where he will deliver a major speech tomorrow. No country has taken in more Ukrainian refugees than Poland has. CTV's Vanessa Lee is in Warsaw tonight on the plight of a mother and her young son in a new land they are trying to make their home. These are small moments of joy in lives that have been turned upside down. Even at five years old, Sviatoslav is consumed by images of war. The house on the left was destroyed by a Russian rocket, he says. His mom, Kristina, says he has been drawing pictures like this since the war began, as they lived in constant fear of bombing, taking cover in the bathroom. In November, she made the excruciating decision to leave her husband and parents in Zhitomir in northwest Ukraine. The shelling became more frequent and more Russian troops were deployed to neighboring Belarus, she says. While she and Sviatoslav are now safe in Poland, facing the unknown in a new country with a foreign language without her family only added to her trauma. She says she has had to seek psychiatric help to find the strength to keep going. As a mother, what is your biggest fear right now? No home to return to and no family, she says. For now, this is home, a one-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment in the heart of Warsaw. I sleep here, work here. <laughs> After hearing about their ordeal, Beata Navrat gave up her own bedroom for the mother and son. I decide that... I can do very much, but I can share this, what is most important for them. They need safe place. Poland has opened its doors to Ukrainians. They're able to work here, access free health care, and most have a place to live thanks to the kindness of strangers. There are at least 1.5 million more Ukrainians living in Poland now compared to a year ago desperately waiting for the day they can go home. Omar. Vanessa Lee in Warsaw tonight. Here at home, Quebec's premier says asylum seekers flowing from the U.S. into his province are straining resources and he wants Ottawa to help. CTV's Kevin Gallagher on Francois Legault's appeal to Justin Trudeau and claims Quebec can't keep up with demands on social services. The Quebec government is calling the steady stream of people crossing at Roxham Road untenable. Now our capacity are exceeded. We cannot no longer uh, take care uh, of, uh, of all the, those refugees. In a letter to Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, Premier Francois Legault says Quebec has taken in a disproportionate share of Canada's asylum seekers and demands that they're sent to other provinces as soon as they arrive at the border. Something has to change, and it's, it's, uh, it's a crisis. With a backlog system and the potential of being turned away at an official land crossing, more and more migrants are turning to irregular crossings like Roxham Road, 
More than 39,000 asylum seekers crossed irregularly into Quebec last year, while fewer than 400 entered other Canadian provinces the same way. Legault says housing, schools and social services are already overwhelmed, despite thousands of migrants being bused to Ontario since June. There's been significant numbers coming into the community and we're happy to do our part. We just want to know what the long game is. The federal government says it's working with the United States to find a solution, while the world grapples with a global refugee crisis. Hundreds of millions of people are on the move, and more and more of them are going to try to get into Canada and request asylum, which is, by the way, a right. Some aid organizations say the issue isn't the number of asylum claims, but the slow process of providing documents like work permits. Over 25,000 of them don't even have the proper paperwork so they can actually start integrating or participating in Canadian society. The immigration minister says he's speaking with other provinces and cities to help reduce Quebec's migrant burden. This includes finding temporary accommodation as they wait for asylum hearings, Omar. All right, Kevin, thanks. Atlantic Premier's announced a new program today to cut down on the red tape for doctors who want to work in their provinces. Physicians will now be able to opt in to the Atlantic Register uh, and will be able to work at any of the Atlantic provinces seamlessly without any additional licensing requirements. Doctors can join the program when renewing their provincial license each year. Until now, they were limited to their home provinces. The change is meant to reduce stress on the health care system. At least three people were killed and more than 600 injured today when a powerful 6.4 magnitude earthquake struck southern Turkey. Exactly two weeks after another massive quake rocked the region, killing nearly 47,000. Here's CTV's Joy Melvin. It has happened again, fear and panic, as one earthquake and then another struck Turkey's Hatay province on the border with Syria. This aid worker in the middle of it. Right now, new earthquake hit. They say it's 6.4. That's a heavy one. You can see the ground shake and shift on dash cam video. Terror rippled through a camp, housing hundreds of displaced people left homeless after the last earthquake. It felt like the ground would tear apart, this man says. The ground was shaking. We were very scared. The mayor says buildings have collapsed, trapping people inside. More death and hundreds injured. It also shook Syria, where the White Helmets Rescue Group reports several people were hurt from falling debris. The trauma here is unimaginable. Same fear, this woman says, same feeling of uneasy. We can't go inside, we can't stay, we don't know what to do. Emergency teams are still responding to that first massive quake two weeks ago and the thousands of aftershocks. New drone footage shows the catastrophic damage, unbelievable images of villages and homes destroyed. Rescues are few now, already 46,000 dead, and to survive this long under rubble is a miracle. But Turkey has declared it's time to move on to recovery and rebuilding. This is a massive disaster that requires a massive international aid effort. We need more relief. From NATO, container units will help house thousands of people left homeless. In Turkey, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken pledging more help to come. The United States is here to support you in your time of need, and we will be by your side for as long as it takes to recover 
and to rebuild. Along with search and rescue teams, medical supplies and machinery, Washington will send about $185 million in humanitarian aid. And still, it's not enough. Omar? It will take a lot more. All right, Joy, thanks. State governors in Brazil are asking for more financial aid as the country deals with a chain reaction of disasters on the East Coast. At least 40 people are dead after high winds and unrelenting rain caused flooding and landslides in the state of Sao Paulo. Brazil's recently elected president, Lula da Silva, surveyed the damage by air today, promising federal help. Officials say the death toll is likely to go up. Many tourists travel to the affected coastal areas to celebrate the country's yearly carnival. Coming up, a new read on some children's classics. They are putting a, a guillotine down the old versions, and that, I think, is what is so wrong. Revising the words of Roald Dahl, the edits causing outrage. Plus, a dog walk takes a deadly turn in Florida. An 85-year-old Florida woman is dead after an alligator attack on an Atlantic Coast retirement community. Witnesses say the woman was walking her dog when this three-meter-long gator grabbed it. She tried to wrestle the pet away, but the massive reptile turned on her. The dog survived, and the alligator was captured and removed from the property. And New York City Park staff faced the rare task of removing a gator this weekend when they stumbled upon one in a lake at Brooklyn's Prospect Park. We have so many other things to worry about. Now we got to worry about alligators. I just can't believe it. That's a big, big one. I'm glad I didn't see it. <laughs> a meter and a half long alligator was captured and transferred to the Bronx Zoo. Yet another industrial accident in Ohio at a metal manufacturing plant near Cleveland has left 13 people injured, two critically. The blast sent molten metal and debris into the air, which rained down on nearby buildings and cars. The explosion also sparked a large fire. This comes just over two weeks after the train derailment in East Palestine near the Pennsylvania border. I have lost my sense of smell and taste since then. Some respiratory issues. Environmental authorities insist the air and water are safe after the train released toxic chemicals into the local environment. But many are skeptical. Ever since that incident happened, our face has been burning, and it's really bad. The derailment forced thousands to evacuate with rising concern and anger over potential permanent contamination. He wrote some of the most celebrated children's classics like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, and James and the Giant Peach. Now the works of Roald Dahl are getting a rewrite for the modern times. CTV's Danielle Hamamjan on the reaction. Criminals like you need a real lesson. Absurd behavior and nonsense words are a recurring theme in the stories penned by the late British children's author, Roald Dahl. His classics were often written from a child's perspective, but in 2023, it's the perspective of sensitivity readers that matters to his publishers. Hundreds of changes have been made to reflect modern times. What are you at getting terribly fat? The word fat will be replaced by enormous. Ugly and beastly will now only be beastly. 
With an emphasis on mental health, the words crazy and mad are gone. References to race, gender and weight have been erased to avoid offence. They are getting rid of, they are putting a, a guillotine down the old versions. And that, I think, is what is so wrong. The original vision is being excised for future generations. And that is so wrong. And from a man who was hounded and then stabbed for his words, Salman Rushdie tweeted, Raoul Dahl was no angel, but this is absurd censorship. Even the British Prime Minister weighed in, saying works of literature should be preserved and not airbrushed. There are four other children in this book. But among those who might think differently, those teaching the young readers the books were intended for. By using words like enormous instead of fat, you understand the character, you've got the description still, without sort of the negative terminology that isn't really needed for the story. Dahl died in 1990. Years later, his family apologized for anti-Semitic comments he made during his lifetime. After 300 million copies of his books were sold worldwide, many, it seems, will be keeping their original copies. Danielle Hamamjian, CTV News, London. Still ahead, another word change and a singer who took a stand. Our home on a native land. What made this, O Canada, stand out? Oh, Canada, we stand on God for thee. Charges against actor Alec Baldwin were downgraded today, reducing the amount of jail time he could serve if convicted in the fatal shooting of cinematographer Helena Hutchins while filming Rust. The change reduces the potential prison sentence from a minimum of five years to a maximum of 18 months if he's convicted of involuntary manslaughter. And same goes for the film's armor, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, who has also been charged. Canadian R&B singer Julie Black won over some fans after her rendition of the national anthem at the NBA All-Star Game. Oh, Canada, our home on a native land. As you just heard, Black emphasized our home on native land, acknowledging indigenous peoples who lived on the land before European settlers. I too am learning, and so I reached out to some indigenous friends to say, first of all, how do you feel about me doing this anthem? And I got some feedback, and so I really dissected the lyrics to really sing it with intention, because I know it like my name, because now I'm singing it in a whole other meaningful way. Black says she hopes her subtle tweak leads to a lasting revision of the lyrics. The Toronto Blue Jays haven't yet had their first spring training game, but with five days to go, the club's already recorded a save thanks to manager John Schneider. Schneider was eating lunch at this Florida bar when he noticed a woman in distress. Turns out she was choking on a piece of shrimp. It was a dire need to have some help there. Uh, and there was panic, and he was, I hear, cool as a cucumber running over there. A few life-saving moments later, Schneider used the Heimlich maneuver to dislodge the shrimp. His reward? An ice-cold beer, courtesy of the restaurant. Certainly well-deserved. And here's another good deed. Posting this picture on social media, Brian Reynolds showed off this year's Terry Fox shirt, which he helped design. 
The foundation said thousands have already been pre-sold thanks to a little bit of the Vancouver-born actor's star power. After the break, a family's urgent worldwide adventure. We just decided to go all in and show her how beautiful our world is. Capturing a visionary journey for the mind's eye. We check back in on an extraordinary experience inspiring us to live in the moment. A Quebec family ventured out on a 12-month journey to capture some of the world's most breathtaking sights before three of their children lose their vision. Here's CTV's Geneviève Beauchemin on the final leg of their amazing adventure. Eleven months into the Le Pelche family adventure, their minds are filled with snapshots of awe-inspiring and, most important of all, unforgettable sights. We did a bucket list of activities they wanted to do on the trip. This trip to see the wonders of the world and ancient cultures was planned to pack a lifetime of colorful memories into a year. This before the children's vision fades away. Three of the four, all but Leo, the eldest boy, have a rare genetic condition called retinitis pigmentosa. Unless a cure is found and research is underway, they will eventually lose their sight. There are over hundreds of different types of mutations, which is why treatment is difficult. A specialist suggested showing the children aged 5 to 13 photos of the world to build an archive of visual memories. Okay, um, I'm not going to show her elephant and giraffe in books. I'm going to go show her in real life. Mia, Colin, Laurent, Leo and mom and dad left Montreal for their globe-trotting tour last March. Their passports now have the stamps of over a dozen countries, from riding trains through Tanzania to riding camels in Mongolia. An album of extraordinary landscapes, places and animals is filling their minds. Hot air balloon in Turkey. Uh, it was really amazing. Diving in a... what is the place? Indonesia? Yeah, in Indonesia. Along the way, they're growing, learning resilience and gratitude. Trying to get over uh, something that is bad and try to transform it into something, uh, something that's normal and is part of life. The Leme Pelches will fly back home in April, knowing that when, one day, darkness sets in, there will have been countless moments filled with color and light. Geneviève Beauchemin, CTV News, Montreal. Beautiful. That's a snapshot for what is many of you a holiday Monday. For all of us at CTV National News, thank you for watching and good night.